Are you wondering about the Panasonic Lumix 25mm f1.7? It's cheap. Is it too good to be true? Is this the nifty 50 of the micro four thirds? Is this better than the Olympus 25mm f1.8? Let's find out. Okay, my goal with this video was to answer all of these questions and so much more coming up. Kick it! What is up my friend? My name is Vinny from VinG43 where we talk about cameras and lenses. If this is your first time to the channel, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe so you don't miss my upcoming videos. Oh, and don't forget to hit that little notification bell so you get notifications whenever I publish a new video. And for the rest of you, thank you for joining me once again. Fist bump. No? Okay, never mind. Okay, before we get into the review, I want to make three things absolutely crystal clear. Number one, I'm gonna be honest, I'm talking scorched earth full disclosure here. I have a bias against expensive lenses. I have a couple of those at home, but in my experience and my personal opinion is that expensive lenses are extremely overrated for most people. In other words, I'm a huge fan of cheap lenses. Second thing is, I'm not a pro photographer. <gasps> I'm a fan of photo and video and I've been doing it for a long time. I shoot weddings as favors for friends and family, but that's it. I never charge for it. But since this lens is aimed for the everyday photographer, I think that I am more than qualified to make a review of this fantastic little lens. Now the third thing I want to mention is that my view on this lens is just my personal opinion. I'm not a huge fan of absolute terms, meaning every Everything is subjective to whoever is using it. So you might like it, I might not, and vice versa. There is no lens that is good for everyone. So be sure to stick around to watch the entire video so you get my full impression of this lens. Okay, for those of you who don't have time to spend 15 minutes watching a lens review, don't worry, I got you covered. Here is a quick summation for you. Okay, so what you've got here is one of those bang for the buck lenses that will get the job done for most people. Now it's not perfect, it does come with a few drawbacks. For one thing, yes it is buttery smooth, but it is focused by wire. There is no image stabilization and it's cheap, so it means it's plastic and it's not weather sealed. Having said so, it is extremely sharp and it's very easy to get a nice and rich creamy bokeh effect, in other words a blurry background. And for me personally, I really like how the low light performances on this bad boy. I totally recommend it. Boom. Done. Let's go for gelatos. Daddy's buying. Oh, you're still here. Great. That means you're up for the really cool ultra version of this review. Let's go. Okay, so I used to be a Canon user before I switched over to the Panasonic Micro Four Thirds. And my favorite lens was the Nifty 50, the Canon 50mm f1.8. And a lot of people claimed that this lens was the Nifty 50 of the Micro Four Thirds. Is it? Mm, yes and no. But tell you what, I'll get back to that. Oh, and a bit of topic, but if you're wondering why I jumped the Canon ship, it's because I was tired of waiting for a consumer 4K DSLR. This was two years ago, so this was before the M50 came out. Anyway, what's in the box? Okay, so first you get a really cool lens bag, as you do with all Panasonic lenses. Fortunately, I misplaced mine, sort of threw it away. And you also get a really cool plastic lens hood that you put on top here. Now, a lot of people don't know how to 
put this thing on here. That's because you have to remove this little bumper that's included as well. Boom, now you can attach this little thing. Boom, now you got yourself a lens hood, which is really impressive considering the price on this puppy. Canon, you might wanna take notes here, just saying. Okay, we need to talk about the build quality of this thing. Yes, it's plastic, and this is where Panasonic cut most of its corners to make it really cheap. But it's not all bad in my opinion. It's got metal in the right place, the inside mount. Making this part plastic would be unforgivable, like on the 14 to 42 kit lens. And for the plastic itself, yes, it's pretty good. It doesn't get all scratched up in my experience, like on the Panasonic G7 camera, which I'm recording this video on. That's a bad type of plastic that gets scratches all over. This one, not so much actually. So for me personally, I think that the build quality on this lens is actually quite solid. Now what's really important here is that this lens is not weather sealed. So you might not wanna stand under a waterfall when you're using this lens. Now I have personally tested this lens in heavy rain and it's working just fine still today, but maybe I was lucky. Now if you want your lens to last, maybe you shouldn't risk it. All right, design. Now it comes in black and silver and as you can see, I've got the silver one right here. But the black one is actually very nice. It's sort of matte finish to it. I like the fact that there isn't a single button on this entire lens. It's kind of streamlined that way. One one could say talk about cutting corners, but it actually doesn't bother me at all. There is no need for the stabilization switch because this lens <laughs> doesn't have stabilization. It doesn't have a switch for auto or manual, but it doesn't matter because I have that switch on my camera. It's a small lens, which I rather like because if you're getting into micro third thirds, means you're a fan of tiny things like this lens. Now don't get me wrong. It's not a pancake lens, so it's by far not the smallest lens. But if you compare it to more expensive lenses, I'd say this is actually a small lens. Now, I personally really like this size, but this is a totally personal thing. I think it's very subjective from person to person. For instance, if it was smaller, I think it would be harder to grip. And I sort of like that when I'm holding my camera, I kind of like to also be able to hold the lens. So I kind of like it not being too small, actually. The weight. It's almost 125 grams, which means it basically floats. And I really like that. If you are watching this video still means that you are sort of enjoying it. It would mean the world to me if you can just hit that like button. The focus ring. Okay, this is where a lot of reviewers criticize this lens for two reasons. First, it's a really big focus ring, but that's not the bad part. The bad part is that it's buttery smooth. Some hate it. I love it because it feels I can focus without moving the camera too much, you know, without shaking it. But you should know a lot of reviewers don't like it. The other thing is this is something that has a focus by wire kind of technology. Technically speaking, the focus ring doesn't change focus on this lens. The focus ring pulls on a electronical wire and boom, the camera actually changes the focus. Now this can cause some latency issues. In other words, some delay. This doesn't bother me at all. To be honest, I learned about this just a couple of weeks ago and I haven't noticed this issue for like six months. So it's quick and it's quiet and it doesn't change the size or the position of the lens in regards to the subject as it does on some lenses. This is not exactly a macro lens, 
but I was pleasantly surprised that the focus distance is 25 centimeters, which is actually very decent. The filter diameter is 46 millimeters, which is the same as the 40 to 42 kit lens. And another really good thing is filters won't rotate when you're focusing, as it does on some lenses. The 25 millimeter focus range is the same equivalent of a full frame 50 millimeter, and that basically means it's close to how the eyes interpret the distance and size of things. In other words, taking pictures and videos of faces will look very realistic and not skewy as on some lenses. It's got a very quick autofocus. Now, mostly the autofocus speed is because of the camera, but there is a bit of speed factor as well on the lens itself. This could be because of the wire by focus thing that I mentioned earlier. It's super quiet, but there is sometimes a small click when you're focusing. So some people would not recommend this for video. But me personally, I've never felt that this was an issue because I always manually focus when I film stuff. And I usually use a lab mic when I'm recording anyway. Image quality. Okay, this is the most important part of this lens review because image quality is the most important part of a lens, isn't it? Well, that's a topic for a different video. Image quality on this thing is really good. Now, it's very hard for me to tell you where the quality comes from the camera or the lens, but I'd say that from what I can tell, the image quality is very sufficient on this lens. Because it is f1.7, this is a very fast lens, you get a lot of light in and therefore you get a lot of bokeh, blurry background, shallow depth of field, whatever you want to call it. The compression on the bokeh is very nice and subtle. I really like it on this one. Lens distortion. I'm gonna be honest, I haven't noticed any. Usually it's probably because the image is cropped or because it's software removed anyway. Vignetting is hardly a problem, but if you want to make sure you don't have any, you can just shoot from f2.8. Same goes for chromatic aberration or purple fringing. Prime lenses like this shouldn't have any. That's more for the tele-zoom lenses, but I didn't see any on this lens. Probably software removed also. Flaring in direct sunlight. I haven't noticed any unordinary myself. I get suspicious when I read comments and forums where people claim lenses or smartphones have bad flaring in direct sunlight. I think there is a chance that people who say that don't know how to use lenses or don't know how cameras work. Still, it has been reported a lot on this lens. My advice, use a lens hood or don't shoot in direct sunlight. I don't mean to offend anyone. Again, I'm not a pro photographer. Let me know in the comments section if you have noticed any flaring when you're using this lens. Sharpness. At f1.7, obviously the sharpness is not the most optimal. But if you go to around f2.5, you start to get really sharp image all around. And if you go to f4.0, you get the sharpest image possible. 4.0 is actually the recommended f-stop for most micro four thirds cameras and lenses. In this case, the sweet spot seems to be somewhere between f4 and f6. But to be honest, the difference is not that big. In my experience, sharpness is hugely overrated. And also, who needs to have sharpness all over the edges when the point of this lens is to get a nice blurry background? In any case, I'm more impressed with the sharpness on this lens, especially for its price. This is a wonderful lens for low light, both for photos and videos. Micro Four Thirds cameras are usually not good at low light, so for low light 
light, you need fast lenses. F2.8 just won't cut it in my opinion. And this one is very fast and very satisfying. If you're still watching this video, I think you're really enjoying it. So consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. Just think about it. All right. And here are some extra things to consider if you're gonna purchase this lens. It has no image stabilization, which means that this is not the lens you want to use for handheld videos, unless you're rocking the GH5 or something with built-in image stabilization in the camera. Pictures should be good either way, since the lens is so fast. Probably not the best lens for vlogging because at arm's length it just looks too cropped in. But on a tripod, from a bit of distance, sure, portrait photos. I think this is a good lens for portraits since the 50mm on Micro Four Thirds makes everything look almost as in real life. It's not as good as 75mm, but it's close. Price. I bought this for about 160 euros. And if you look, you could probably find it for as little as 100 euros or buy used. I think this lens is price worthy up to 250 euros. And that's just being honest. Okay, other lenses to consider. The Olympus 25mm f1.8, it's cool, but it's a bit more expensive and it doesn't really add that much. It's also at a good price, but again, it doesn't add much. The Croa Promenar 25mm is twice the size and price and also doesn't offer much more than this lens. The Voigtlander 25mm f0.95 is way more expensive, but if you need more bokeh or low light performance, that's something to consider. The more expensive 25mm Lumix lens with f1.4 is better. However, it doesn't come with image stabilization and it's costly, so I don't recommend it. I really think that this f1.7 is the lens that will give you the most bang for the buck. I really do think so. Okay, conclusion time. Now, most people will call this lens the Nifty 50 of the Micro Four Thirds. Now, I was a huge fan of the 50mm and even used it with an adapter on my Panasonic G7 for a while before I gave it to a friend of mine. Bros for life. Okay, so who is this lens for? I think it is good for photography enthusiasts who want a lens that is small, compact, and rather all-roundy. I would recommend it for people who want to take occasional portrait photos. I would not recommend it for people who want a lens just for portrait photography. For those, I would recommend something more in the 75 to 85 millimeter. I would recommend the 25 millimeter to vloggers only if they put it on a tripod. If they wanted to use it handheld, then at arm's distance, this is just not far enough. I would not recommend this lens for filming vacations because of the lack of image stabilization. Now the image quality is really nice, the bokeh is nice, but I'm gonna be honest, it's not as good as the Canon 50 millimeter in my non-pro opinion. Now don't get me wrong, it's a great lens, it's very valuable, in some ways it is better, but it is not the Canon 50mm. If I use the 50mm wood adapter on my Micro Four Third, it still just looks a lot better. My theory is that you simply have to use something more tele, something like the Panasonic 42.5mm to get that nice same crispy image. On a personal note, for me, lenses is all about fun. Is it fun to use the lens or not? And I gotta say, I've had an absolute blast using this lens. It's fun to get nice photos and videos using this lens. Oh, 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 and the price? You can't beat that. Let me just say that again. You will not find a better fast prime lens. You just won't. I recommend it, I own it, and I have not been paid to say that. Although I wish I had. 
let me know in the comments section what you think about this lens or if you have any questions i'm happy to help oh guys and just one more thing okay lenses are just tools it's not the tool that makes the image beautiful or perfect it's the person holding the camera don't focus too much on sharpness lens distortions or build quality i get it you want good quality for your hard-earned money. I get that. But at the end of the day, the best photographer with the worst lens will always, always beat the worst photographer with the best lens. What I'm trying to say is, don't overspend on lenses. There are so many blind tests, even on YouTube, where pro photographers can't tell the difference on images shot with cheap lenses versus expensive lenses. Thank you for watching my video and if you enjoyed it please hit that like button, subscribe and hit that notification bell so you don't miss my upcoming videos. And if you want to check out other lens tip videos like this one click or tap on the screen here or here. Until next time this is Vinny from VinG43 wishing you a glorious day. This is Vinny and I'm signing out. Okay let's go and hit that gelato house. I'm really hungry.